This is the story of three little girls who triumphed in the face of adversity. This is the story of a single mother who dedicated her life and love to creating a life for her children that helped them to be independent and self-sufficient. This is our story. I'm your host, LaToya Dixon, and this is Passion Fueled Purpose. My mother is and remains an enormous influence in my life. I can remember so many of the struggles she faced raising us as a single parent after her divorce from my father. Mama finished high school and worked mostly in the textile mill industry during my childhood. But at one point, my mama worked cleaning hotel rooms. I'll never forget their job because it's the only one I ever knew my mama to quit. Raising us was at the center of everything my mom did. She was known for saying, you don't work your kids around your job. You work your job around your kids. And she meant that. She had opportunities to make more money, but it meant being a partially absent parent. Working swinging shifts instead of first shift. Leaving us home alone instead of being there to help with homework. Prepare a home-cooked meal and get us ready for the next day just wasn't an option. Mama had been out of work and needed a job, so she took one cleaning hotel rooms at Howard Johnson's. So dumb. One is the first shift, and one makes much money, but the work was cheap. So I stayed there, but I probably could have a job working somewhere else. Swinging shift, or working second shift, or working third shift, but... My mom would get people in a but I didn't want to do that to her. I didn't want her. I have to stay with them all night. Um, but with the homework, I wanted to stay up for that. So, I took the job saying less money. It was for a shift before I could be there with the kids and raise the kids and go to things that they had at school. And I don't regret it because I feel like I did what I was supposed to do. I asked my sisters about their memory as it relates to mom taking the job at Howard Johnson's. Here's what they said. Apparently, it's something none of us will forget. I should mention before I share their recollections that I asked them separately on two separate occasions. I think it's eerie how similar their answers are. Take a listen. My memory of that experience is just coming home to an empty house. I mean, in the main, like once she started that job, when we came home from school, she was not there. And we were so accustomed to her always being there. And so it was just unsettling to come home from school and for her not to be there and for her and for not for not only her not being there but for it being hours before she got there. And when she did get there, I remember she had lost a lot of weight from that job, you know, she was tired all the time and it was just really impacting our ability to spend time with her. It just felt like there was just so much uncertainty and by the time she got home and got us something to eat it was time for us to go to bed and then 
was, you know, time to get back up for school and just start all over again. It just felt like we, she was our only parent. And so we were so accustomed to having the security of her being there. And then all of a sudden having that taken away and it just being us, um, as well as seeing what the physical toll that the job was taking on her, it was just a very unsettling feeling.
everybody was in school. But um, this particular day, uh, my supervisor told, told me I was going to have to work home. So I couldn't sleep until I got finished. And I explained to her that we can go home. If we get home by yourself, and I want to be home when they got so she told me, you know, if I leave, I couldn't leave. But if I did leave, I, you know, I wouldn't have a job. So I left, you know, and I lost the job. Because I always believed that just work the kids around a job. You work the job around the kids. And my kids came first. And I felt like if I lost that job, God bless me for another one. Because, you know, I had those kids. Waiting for Mama to come home that day felt like an eternity. I can still see her walking down the sidewalk to the front door of our apartment, looking very distressed. When she came in, of course, she told us, everything's okay. That story still grips my heart today. Putting us first was Mama's bone-deep belief, but of course it didn't mean spoiling us. It just meant that she believed in family, in dinner at the dining room table, in home-cooked meals, and doing your homework at the table, and no matter how much we loved reading, no books were allowed at the dinner table. It was time for us to spend together and talk to each other. She believed in helping us study for our test, calling out our notes, and making sure we knew it by heart, word for word, as Mama would say. Miss one word, and you'd be studying again, which I often did. When Latari was little, in elementary school, you know, like I said, she was hands strong. She, she loved playing basketball, playing outside. And uh, I remember this people day, she had a friend. So I told her, you know, study your words, I'm calling you. And, you know, get to study with me. like hard work was the answer to whatever we wanted from athletics to academics she instilled a level of conscientiousness in us that made us grow up to be self-starters to demonstrate initiative because nobody was coming to save us from poverty we had to save ourselves i could not be more grateful that god chose her to be our mother and i have no doubt that she endured many headaches during my upbringing due to my stubborn strong ways, quick temper, former quick temper I should say, but she nurtured me and she loved me into a peacemaker. What some people might be ashamed of, 
I find myself to be extremely proud of instead. I'm truly moved each time I get to remind someone that I am the same LaToya Dixon who attended Head Start, grew up in a housing project, who was on free lunch for all of my K-12 through years, who was raised by a single parent and more. I relish in the opportunity to destruct the biases and stereotype some hold about kids like me. It's complicated for some people to understand exactly where my passion comes from, even after I give them a summary of how I grew up and the obstacles we face. They seem to have grave difficulty looking at our accomplishments and understanding why I would still be so concerned and passionate about equity, poverty, and justice. I've had many say to me, following my attempts to explain who I am to them, but you aren't poor anymore. That's the part I don't think most people understand or get. Really be For example, when you grow up knowing that your mom's car is just one start away from not starting or being at the stoplight and, and experiencing a car breaking down multiple times, you start to worry about stuff like that. So I, I can remember the intersection of Cherry Road at Harris Theater and the bar side and a car breaking down there before and literally being stuck in the middle of the street to the point that every time I pass that intersection, I'm in, at that intersection, I think about that certain thing every single time. after all of that um, trauma, the car breaking down, not having any extra money, that mom would be just distraught, maybe, you know, just trying to get by. But my mother had a spirit of resilience and determination that's hard to describe. You kind of have to meet her because it's a quiet strength. It's one that doesn't roar loudly, but it's so powerful and strong. I think the best example of this is when my sister Tanya was uh, about to go off to college and she was going to be first one in the family going to Clemson University and so it was an exciting time. My mom knew she had to find a more dependable vehicle. I guess you could probably tell that based on Lisa's memories about our car troubles. Here's mom's recollection of that. So I have to take I have accepted the school just case. He didn't get accepted at one. He said she would get accepted at home. Um, she got accepted to the I was actually got accepted to the all three. So I knew that this was in, uh, this was like, uh, December, right before Christmas. She got a I knew I had to have a car to get another car because I was going to have to be paid for school in the summer when she got ready to go to start class. And, you know, go get a Christmas holiday, stuff like that. So, I went to try to get a car. It was used, probably. It was a pretty good car. And uh, I wouldn't feel like I paid for the loan and everything. I was at work one day while I was at work. 
And so, and so, I couldn't get caught. So when I got home, kids told me, so I called the I wanted to know why I could get caught. They said, well, I said, well, you got some slow pains on the uh, plant. And he wanted to know why. And I told him. But I never get to say That's part. I was able to take time into orientation and take her in the summer to go and stuff like that. But that all worked out. As hard as Mama worked and as many obstacles she faced, her spirit of hard work and faith were still simply amazing. Mama exercised extreme faith in many situations, but one situation that seemed to repeat itself quite often was car trouble. From our green Ford Granada that led me to saying I will never buy a Ford because of how often it was in need of repair, to our Monte Carlo that my uncle drilled holes in the floorboard so that when it rained, the rain could run out after the window sills went to funk. To our 1987 Taurus, yeah, Mama bought another Ford, I know. That broke down on the side of I-85 as we were taking my oldest sister back to Clemson after Christmas break of her first semester. For all those reasons, car trouble still makes me feel a bit anxious. Every time Mama tried to get a little bit ahead, it seemed like our car was in need of repair. We spent many Saturdays sitting in Firestone, Western Auto, both of which took the Sears credit card. Just thinking about that brings back the smell of new tires and bad coffee almost immediately. But what moves me more than the smell of bad Sanka and burnt rubber is my mother's determination and resilience. When she speaks, it's gripping. You can hear the passion in her voice. It's fueled with purpose. Um, I feel I, I'm out, so I feel like, uh, I worked hard. If I did what I was supposed to do, then everything will be fine. If I put the kids first, make sure they're taken care of, and everything else will work out. No time got rough, but, so I'm talking to them, so I, I just kept, kept, kept keeping on, kept going, so... But I feel like I need to take care of my kids. And I, you know, I never, I never, I never want to give up. So, my kids always came first. But I feel like, you know, they go, the kids will always be kids. No matter what happens, you know, when you get grown, parents, born, who went home, they always have kids. And I feel like if I did everything I could do for them, and that will help them have a better life. You know, I knew that if I did my part, 
Join us next time for Passion Field Purpose.